Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 459 on Tuesday, the 8th of March, 2022. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And in a week where we have all learned how not to do crisis comms thanks to one OEM, we'll be discussing how you can be guilty when it is impossible for the crime to have been committed. We'll be looking at one spreadsheet with hardly any red on it whatsoever. Witchcraft. And we learn how one man really likes a stiff body. But first, we go into a smidgen of follow-up, and what I alluded to at the start, and Greg Kelly has actually been found guilty of one of the accusations that were laid at him. Well, that's a very small percentage, really, isn't it? Yes, and he's been given a suspended sentence on this, and he is now back in the US. But as the Asia Times point out, and remember, we did have a what ended up being, a think, a 13-part series on this, um, hmm. We did comment on it that the allegations that Kelly was an accessory to the crime is the problem is, and I'm quoting is the judge knew based on testimony during the trial that Kelly had advised Gohn in February 2010 that if he reduced his pay, as Gohn did, as the chart shows, he couldn't reclaim it. Right. So... <laughs> And also that they were saying that, because it was all to do with the recompensing of Gohn post him leaving the company and all this sort of mm. stuff and how they were going to hide money to one side and everything. And they accused Gohn and the, another gentleman inside Nissan of arranging this. But it turns out, even if this had happened and this had gone further to be to the point where Gohn was going to claim the money, they couldn't do it without the board approving it. <laughs> There was no way yeah. for the payments to be made. So there was no crime. <laughs> so it would have had to go past all the backstabbers anyway, who would have been the ones who had to sign it off. Yes. Oof. Unbelievable. Nissan and the Japanese Judiciary Service do not come out of this well at all. No, 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 not at all. And they haven't been for quite some considerable time. No. Another little piece of follow-up, the Felicity Ace. I believe you covered this last week when I was somewhere in a plane over the North Atlantic. The Felicity Ace was transporting Audis, Bentleys, Lamborghinis, Porsches, and some Volkswagens to the US whenever it caught fire. It has now sunk. Good luck trying trying to find those. So, yes, around 4,000 cars were being transported from Emden in Germany to Davisville, uh, Rhode Island, before the the Fire started in the hold from an as-yet-unknown source. If it's 250 miles off the coast of the Azores, it's likely to remain unknown, I would say. Yes. Mm. You need to strap on an extra scuba diving tank if you're going to try and find that answer yeah, to that one. just one or two. Get, get, get yourself on those little submersibles. <laughs> Quite. Quite. But it's the start of the month. It is. That can only mean, Alan. Yes. Uh, that means the February... New car registration figures. Now, February is traditionally a quiet month. Whilst everyone waits for the 1st of March, which is, of course, one of the two registration figure change dates here in the UK. And, of course, it's a shorter month as well. So there are fewer days to go out and buy things and register things. Uh, So there were 58,994 new vehicles registered in February 2022. That's demand up 15% on 2021. But in 2021, it was still all pretty well locked down. All the same, despite being 15% up on last year, it's still 25.9% below February 2020 before the pandemic so it's better but it's still not good Mm. 
how did that work out around what goes into cars? 40% of vehicles were pure petrol. 6.6% were pure diesel. 15.5% were mild hybrids. So essentially one or the other of the above uh, with a big alternator. And Bevs, Fevs, and Hevs made up 37.3% of the market. That's up 123% uh, on last year. Interestingly, talking about the Mevs, but also diesel and diesel Mev. Uh, so mm. diesel was down 42%, but diesel Mev was down nearly 32% as well. So yes. basically, if a vehicle is a diesel one in any way, People are shunning them. Uh, apologies, I went from the infographic there. Uh, overall percentage of uh, market share for diesel is uh, 9.8%. Overall market share for petrol is 52.9%. Still not awesome. EVs allow battery electric vehicles 17.7% of the, of the market last month. Yep. Uh, I noticed as well that last month that because of constraints due to supply chain issues that manufacturers, as SMMT points out, manufacturers were prioritizing private buyers over fleet and everything else. That'll be another reason why battery electric vehicles did significantly better. Not just that, it was a Tesla month. Yes, that, that so helped it, as well. It was, it was, you know, Tesla's usual wave for the end of a quarter because, you know, you can't just sell cars all the way through like normal grown-ups can. You have to do this <laughs> mad, like, mad last-minute rush, like, I don't know what, like the Christmas sales or something equally stupid. Just, just grow up. So it was a Tesla month, so that, of course, will have skewed the figures somewhat uh, when it comes to EVs. Well, do you want to run through the top tens then? I will run through the top 10s. And number 10 is the Ford Cougar with 952. That's how low the individual model numbers are these days. Number nine, the Hyundai Kona. Number eight, the Peugeot 2008. Seven, the Ford Puma. Six, the Kia Nero. Fifth, the Tesla Model 3. Only fractionally ahead of the Nero, Nero there with 1,275 units. Fourth, the Tesla Model Y, which is just like a Model 3 that's been inflated uh 1306 just i think point blank ugly i don't mind the three but the y is just ugly number three is the Vauxhall mocha with 1465 uh number two the mini 1775 and number one the Vauxhall corsa with 1997 registrations Vauxhall corsa still the most popular vehicle year to date i don't know why i said still the most we are in new February. <laughs> no, but it has been for towards the back, sort of mid to back yeah. end of last year as well. So it does, it does feel a bit like it has been for a long while now. But it's still only about just a smidgen under 150 units ahead of the Kia Sportage. Yeah. Which, of course, was best, most registered in the month of January. So we'll see, we'll see where that goes uh, as the year continues. Mm. Uh, spreadsheet of... Not Doom positivity <laughs> obviously with such a a significant increase uh, over last year's registrations then there's lots and lots of green on here mm -hmm. some notable exceptions to that i mean do we just assume everything's pretty much green unless we mention otherwise yes so i'll run through the the negatives uh, and then mention some of the ones that are not within our normal range and then mm. it's basically everybody else is, is has done well 
yeah. uh, significantly well. So our Bath is down nearly 62%. Jeep is down 35%. Land Rover is down 51%. Nissan down 36, uh, 35.5%. Then you've got Seat down 42%. Skoda is down just over 15%. Volkswagen down 33, uh, 34%. Volvo down 15%. Other British is down 19.4%. So that was 67 last year and it's 54 this year. Is it it's worth I think there's there's quite a few of those and I think some of the others that you're about to mention. Lots and lots of the one the the kind of the companies that you associate with the supply chain issues. Yes. So that's what yeah, I was gonna say there that the Volkswagen we know is having problems. Volvo have mentioned it. So then it's anybody from the Volkswagen group. Land Rover, we know, is having trouble as well. So other companies that are a little bit up or a little bit down include MG. They're still up. They're still up 9.6%. Mm. Um, Mercedes-Benz is down 8%. Jaguar is up 5%. So that's you know, something positive for Jaguar for all. It's the first time in ages. I know. It's great. I know. Ford is down 13%. Audi down 10%. And I don't understand how Alpine didn't register any cars at all last year oh right but no they were a little it took a little while before they they registered anything at all last year yeah. but uh, congratulations for the most ridiculous increase to other imports up mm. 1555.97% increase because the model y came to the uk for the first time and there was also a boat with the model 3s on them Mm-hmm. Uh, if I remember correctly, didn't Model Y get handed over to people on the dock side and they made it out as though it was a personalised service, even though you're in a tent with hundreds of other people? <laughs> hundreds of other people all at one, and you have to make your way to Southampton at the start of one of the stormiest days of the year to then try and work out how and where you're going to charge this new car you've just collected on the way out. Yeah. Yes, brilliant, good. Yes, give me a dealership any day, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Full of the cynicism for for Tesla tonight. I don't know. They haven't done anything in particular to just to to annoy me specifically. I'm I'm just like this about them today. <laughs> right. Well, I'm going to move us on to other news, and it is connected with the Russian invasion of Ukraine and how that has affected the motoring world. Now, there are two parts to this. One part is how it has affected production, and Ukraine was is a center for wiring loom production, which mm-hmm. is used within Europe and across the globe. Now, obviously, that has been impacted massively, and factories are uh, shutting down production now because of it. So this is on top of the, the places that are having trouble with the semiconductor chips. Mm-hmm. But the other side of it as well is companies doing business in Russia and how several of them have decided that they will no longer do business in Russia, they will pause anything that's going on, that some of them are also pausing their production uh, runs because some have factories in there. There are some companies more exposed than others. I think Renault is quite badly exposed when it comes to production and sales. Well, they are because because Lada, they, they are Lada. Mm. Some companies are going to be hit much harder than others. There is a link in the show notes to an Autocar article which will map out some more details on that. I know, for example, this afternoon Lamborghini posted on social media that they are no longer selling cars in Russia until this all finishes. 
because uh, all the oligarchs have got out of Russia. Well, yes, one could be a little bit cynical about these things, but people can go and, and check through on the show notes and see what uh, what particular brands are actually doing. Do you want to take us to our this week's Brand X is doing EVs by Y date? Yes, but they've made it awfully complicated for us. They so have. Stellantis... Stellantis has said that all model launches from 2026 in Europe will be pure electric vehicles. Now, that, of course, is rather a specific little sentence, <laughs> which leads me to believe that the other vehicles, you know, other internal combustion engine vehicles will be made and sold up until 2030 in europe yes i think it is 2030 yeah but might well be sold anywhere else after that yeah it, it's a little bit of a it's it's a bit weasel it's weasel words but stellantis have been doing really badly with their weasel words over the last week or so well yeah talking of which uh, during the presentation for this uh, and the subsequent questioning and everything carlos tavare then proceeded to double down on the suppliers better take the yeah. big chunk of the cost on this and look, said look. don't blame us blame the politicians so so number one <laughs> look how much money we're making yes. we're making lots of money but you're going to have to make everything cheaper so we can continue to make lots of money oh but you're not going to be able to make money uh dear suppliers so don't worry about it and then and it just goes on and it's just like what are you doing is nobody thinking this stuff through people Come on. Yeah, we're making loads of money, uh, but you're not allowed to make as much so that we can continue to do that. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I'm beginning to worry about them as a company. Yeah, I think there's just a, a sort of mass dose of stupidity in their announcements at the minute. I think they need, um, yes, maybe they need some 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 discussion in the comms team, I think. Perhaps. Breathing space between the idea of being written down and them actually saying it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Anyway, so they're, they're trying to expand their EV portfolio and stuff as well. Yeah. As is everyone. Uh, Ford, however, are taking a slightly different tactic. Yes, uh, Ford are going to split their company into, or their vehicle part of their company, into two separate divisions. So there's going to be the Model E division, which is going to look after the electric cars. Um, it's going to also look after a connected car technology as well as software and then you have ford blue which is going to be your internal combustion engines cost cutting production efficiencies and that side of things this seemed to get a lot of noise about it in in our corner of the internet particularly the business analyst type of thing but i can't mm. i'm not really working i can't work out why a company would want to do it so my thing, and I think that we we discussed lightly before the show, and I'm disappointed to be disguised, described as a business analyst. Uh, the to, as we discussed before the show is is I think that it's it's a way of splitting out internal combustion for uh, emerging mar- for markets where that's still a thing, and uh, EVs for maybe more developed markets so that in case in the future or the near future there's a, a sort of impact on people coming along and saying well actually you shouldn't be doing this we're going to sue you 
Dieselgate styley, then they can go, no, 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 it wasn't us. Look, it was that bunch over there. They're, they're similar, but we're different. And I think, what did I say earlier on? Yes, yes, yes. It's, no, we're Ford. We only do EVs. Those people over there, fraud. They're all about <laughs> the internal combustion stuff. We are nothing to do with fraud. Uh, we are absolutely Ford, uh, and we're all about EVs. So so that that's what it is. If you want to sue anyone, sue fraud. Oh, look, they don't have the cash reserves we do. <laughs> oh, well, good luck. Um, but yes, they're over there. But they're not going to be separate on the stock market, though. It's all still linked into the same company. So it, ah, but uh, stock markets and legal entities are different. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's okay, that sort yeah. of ownership entity, and then there are the legal entities inside. So it is a little, it's a little bit weaselly lawyery, isn't it? Hmm. I suppose they're making it incredibly clear internally what mm-hmm. is doing what. So the, from the, that point of, view, point of view, they're removing any potential confusion and worry and can just focus because they're under so much pressure, all these companies, to do... Yes, to, to, to give you a similar but different example, it happens quite a lot in stuff like retail. So, for example, you'll know of a big brand mm. and the big brand will be, there'll be the company which actually owns the brand and develops the products for the brand and then there'll be the uh, another company that's very, very similar possibly involves most of the same words in the name but that actually operates the stores okay uh, so it could be that kind of thing because there's a bit of a separation it means you can go off and you can develop that it also means that you can sort of in, in the retail one it means you can uh, franchise as well but yeah so there's the company that owns the brand company that actually operates stuff and i imagine that the ford ice ev is going to be a little bit like that possibly with some kind of company at the top which is sort of links the two of them together okay. despite my sarcasm and silliness okay right that i can i can understand that even i can Good. do you want to take us to japan and honda and sony yeah well this is an interesting one this is another this is a this is another crack it's one of those ones where you just go oh honda and sony partnership uh evs and you think oh that's that okay fair enough we might get a sony branded car but then the more you think about it the more interesting it becomes actually what they're saying is that Honda and Sony are going to form a joint venture to build uh, electric cars and, in quotes here from this uh, Autocar Business article by Jack Warwick, create a new era of mobility and mobility services. And that gets interesting. It's, it's not unusual in Japan for consumer brands and automotive brands to gather together and to produce co-brand and, and stuff. If, if you think of the, the Will VI, so they, which was there's a mark on yaris underneath but it was um <laughs> but it was you know it was a toyota car but it was the will branding on it and will was a sort of joint venture between a number of different companies including uh national panasonic so for example you could buy lots of stuff in the will brand some of it was a toyota some of it was panasonic some of it were other other homeware brands uh, as well all under the one brand disparate types of companies getting together to market to create sell market products together not unusual uh, within japan okay i think what's interesting this bit is the mobility and mobility services bit mm. you know so a honda slash sony scooters and micro vehicles i don't want to be too prescriptive in this yeah, yeah. might be a thing but maybe also uh, like uh, an app for traveling around and stuff like that exactly exactly that kind of thing um you know integrated into your sony something or other Mm. then it's then i think that that kind of stuff is is all 
is all very interesting. I, I you know that I like the mobility thing. I particularly like integrated mobility. And and I just I want to see where this goes. I'm I'm actually really interested in this. Um because this is more than just Sony stereos. <laughs> I think. Yes. Yeah, and uh if they can get the if they can get if somebody can get the software side of things right. Mm. Yeah, and I think there's another interesting point to this in that Honda's having a hard time with this whole EV thing, generally. Well, they seem to move so late, considering they were an early pioneer. But you've, yes. Well, the the, the thing is, you've got the Honda E, and then that's kind of it, really. But uh, partly that, I wonder if the, part of the challenge is that it's, is that Honda is an engine company. Mm. Honda isn't really a motorcycle company. It's not really a car company. It's not. Uh, it's not really a lawnmower company. It's. It's a. It, it's an engine company, and I wonder how many of those other parts of Honda will be integrated into this, um, because yeah. I think it would be kind of. I, I understand that driving home and being able to trigger your trigger your your lawnmower from your e scooter thing, it would be kind of kind of weird, but, yeah. I'm just sorry. I'm just going through it in my mind, and now I've got the images of the Honda City, uh, City car with its uh, the I can never remember the name of it. The tiny little, very square, sort of micro motorbike and stuff that came, that you could get that fitted yeah, yeah. in the boot yeah. and stuff. That kind of thing, but more. I'm sure more electric and less petrol. Be yeah, kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, last right the way through last mile. Yeah, I don't understand yeah. how Sony's involved in that, but. But we'll we'll get there. I I really want this well, because to be... Sony are bringing the emotion with them Wait, where of enjoyment that? and everything. It it says it right towards the bottom. There is word Does salad it? at the bottom. That that was not something that I would ever expect you to say. So I knew you must have been reading it somewhere. Yes, it was it was word salad at the bottom. Don't worry. The uh-huh. the full quotes from <laughs> from the presentation were uh, very word salady. So uh, they obviously yes. mean business. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I want to see this because I think this is I think this has the potential to be very cool. It could be a total disaster, but I think it has the potential to be cool, and and I uh, love that idea. Well, I think with all these mobility service things, we have no idea what that entails. Really, everybody's still making it so up. the so everyone's experimenting, and we'll probably and hopefully find some stuff in there. You go, oh, that's actually really cool. I'm glad someone thought that up. You know, and this is from massively cynical me mm-hmm. saying this. Mobility services are still very much at the stage of stand back, chuck stuff at the wall, and see what sticks. Yeah, I, I really hope lots of lots of this one sticks. So mm-hmm. interesting to see. Uh, uh, shift of gears here, Andrew. <laughs> yes. You've got some some news from the EU courts. Well, yes. So from Luxembourg's uh, based Court of Justice of the European Union which is a non-binding result, by the way, from this, has said that environmental associations can in fact take or sue the regulatory bodies of countries for allowing software that enables a car... Sorry, this is getting really into many steps here, but enables a, a vehicle's engine to only meet the requirements of the test during certain temperature ranges they the essentially the court has said yes that is a defeat device right and that shouldn't be allowed so. that's massive mm. 
because the tests do say, and we we know um, VW have had problems uh, in Austria mm-hmm. over altitude and temperature ranges, and saying that their cars will only produce X amount of nitrogen oxides and CO two mm-hmm. between these elevations and temperature ranges, which a lot of Austria doesn't hit most of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which are the exception rather than the rule. So let me just summarize because there was, you know, you you've just you've just accused Sony of word salad and then you've gone off and done it yourself. Essentially this is allowing environmental groups to be able to well, this opinion, which is the opinion of the advocate general of the Court of Justice of the European Union, a chap called Athanasios Rantos, insert joke here. In his opinion, mm-hmm. Uh, which is non-binding, it will be possible for environmental groups to take, or it should be possible for environmental groups to take the various regulators within the EU to court over the fact that they are permitting defeat devices in their regulations. Yes. Right. I think we got there in the end. Still a little bit confused. There'll be a link to the Automotive News article, Automotive News Europe article in the show notes if you want to decode that one for yourselves. <laughs> yes. Discretion being the greater part of valor and before we actually dig ourselves into a complete hole here. But the potential for that is quite large ramifications mm-hmm. moving forward. Yes. Yes. Anyway, Volvo. They are testing the... It's becoming the unicorn, isn't it? I think that was a term you used earlier on. Yeah. Uh, um, of of EVs, which is wireless charging. They'll be trying Volvo XC40 recharge taxis, and they're going to be driving them 62,000 miles a year in a three-year R&D project to just see how well uh, how well this works. Obviously, the ta- the cars will be used as taxis in Gothenburg in Sweden, uh, which is Volvo's home city. And uh, yes be interested to see how that goes it's supposedly the charging speed is more than 40 kilowatts uh, which is almost as fast as a 50 kilowatt charger if anybody couldn't do that maths and it says it's enough for 60 miles of range in 30 minutes which if you're a taxi sitting in a rank uh, isn't isn't too bad going really i mean they're giving it a proper you know repeated charging test aren't they mm, in a they taxi are. rank <laughs> yeah you would you would think so yes mm. yeah Interesting one to see. So that brings us to Guilt Minute, the quick break-in show where we ask for a tad of financial support to keep the lights on and the hosting running. If you feel that the Motoring Podcast is worth a small consideration every month, then you can become a patron. Different levels of patron include different levels of commitment from us to you, including being able to watch the show recorded live. We also have a small range of merchandise available from our website and spring store, from stickers to mugs and t-shirts and even hoodies like the one I'm wearing just now, which you can't see because, of course, we're on audio. Uh, if you don't have any spare cash, we completely understand, but you can help us by following for free from a podcast player to receive every show as it's released and by liking, rating the show in whatever way your podcast supplier lets you. If you've done all of that and many of you do, so thank you very, very much. Then the last thing you can do is to recommend us to your friends or colleagues. Yes. Thank you everyone who does. Mm-hmm. Right. New, new car news. There's a, there's a bit this week, actually. Uh, the yeah. first is the Polestar 02 concept that is giving us a good idea of how Polestar are going to move forward once their Polestar 1 
ends production because it's apparently coming towards the end of its production run. Mm. This is a sleek 2 plus 2 coupe, lots of fancy touches, really nice looking design. I mean, it's, it's definitely got coupe covered. There's a lot of talk about how the interior, as you would expect from um, Polestar, is going to be recycled uh, as well as being easily recyclable. Mm-hmm. But they also talk a lot about how it's going to be um, fun to drive as well. Um, it's going to be developed by the UK-based R&D team that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, that, that we've got that new base. Yep. And it, I think it's just a, a really attractive-looking vehicle. I mean, apart from the looking at the pictures in the Evo article, mm-hmm. apart from the, what I would suggest is the, the wing mirrors would change slightly unless they're going for cameras. It looks like cameras, so possibly not. They're saying they could put this into production, but they're not yet because they're going to focus on the the uh, upcoming Polestar's three, four, and five models. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't be until twenty twenty four anyway. But I, I like things that they've they've looked at, as you would expect with the EV. They've looked at the aerodynamics, but things like they're reducing the turbulence, so it's not just about making it as mm. you know as slippery as possible. No, it's uh, it's a smart. It's it's a smart looking thing and lot getting lots and lots of uh, lots and lots of attention. Uh, I think we were discussing earlier on that the the Super Bowl advert seemed to have raised yeah. a lot of uh, seemed to have raised quite a lot of of, of attention and awareness of Polestar. Yep, it, uh, particularly in the US. Funnily enough, <laughs> um, so that's cool to see. Next up was the Morgan Super Three has been has been unveiled um obviously the morgan existing morgan three-wheeler it's coming to the end of life partly because the engine that powered it uh, was coming to the end of life this is the next generation essentially new model has better packaging better design better performance prices start from forty-three thousand pounds in the uk and yes it's got a new whole new chassis uh, aluminium monocoque chassis and platform it can weigh as little as 635 kilos. That's before you add all the liquids, but still, that's pretty, pretty flipping, pretty flipping low. No longer got a V-twin, has a 1.5-liter naturally aspirated three-cylinder engine from Ford. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's a Ford EcoBoost without the boost because it doesn't have the, the turbocharger uh, anymore. And Mazda five-speed manual gearbox as well and it looks fantastic still it really does look good uh loads of silly 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 demeaning them loads of quirky accessories uh and specs all available and there is an online configurator if you want to see just how purple you can make it or just how orange you can make it uh, and stuff like that super cool love it brilliant yeah i i like uh, I, I like the the look of it. Um, they, they're saying that this one's been inspired by the jet age. So if we can say that the first one was propeller planes, which they really went to town with on some mm. of the decals you could get, this one is the jet age, and it does it obviously does look a bit sleeker. Things are, are more constrained in the body design. No, a little uh, not bit, constrained. But- sorry, but they're sort of enclosed. So yes, it looks more like one of those sort of sort of. Uh, uh, Bonville type mm. speed machine made, made out of sort of jettisoned fuel tanks off of World War II <laughs> bombers and stuff. It's got more of that kind of look to it, especially around the the, the, the upper half. Yeah, super cool, super cool. Yep, excellent. 
Right, going to take us. We've I think we've covered this before. Well, we we can't mm. remember. We didn't have a chance to just double check this, but Fisker have shown off their uh, Ocean, which is their SUV about the same size as the iX3 or the mm. Q4 e-tron. Q so, something, who knows? Sort of compact-ish mm-hmm. SUV-ish thing, um, but they showed this off in Barcelona. Just to remind everybody that it's uh, I've the whole Fisker thing sounds quite good, and they are taking baby steps to get to market. Because, for example, this will not come to us in the UK until mm. the roughly the middle of twenty twenty three, or is it twenty twenty four? Yeah, trying to twenty twenty three. Remember, it is made in Austria and stuff, so it's not the end of, you know, it's funny, it's being shown off in the first time in the U- in Europe. It's, yeah, it's actually made in Europe, but never mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's a, f- a five-seater vehicle. It's got some little touches in there that they talk about, such as the, it's got various modes. So it's got things like limo mode, where people in the back can control certain things. And then there's the California mode, mode where all the windows come down and the roof opens up. So it gives you the, they're trying, I think they're pushing the luck here, but they're trying to say the the feeling of open air driving, (laughs) but I think we'll just get buffeted. (laughs) Yeah. It's, 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 I'm sure it's great in California with that sort of warm breeze coming off the Pacific, but yeah, here it just sounds like it's going to let Barnsley and some, it's just going to let the drafts and the the drafts and the drizzle in, to be honest. (laughs) It's going to start at £48,000, I think it is. Something like that. Yeah. No, sorry. The UK price has started at 34990 uh, And then uh, it's going to climb upwards. But there's three um, there's three trim levels. So it's saying 350 miles as well on a charge. Mm. There's a, There seems to be a lot going for it. I'm very interested to see it. I don't know that I would buy the first one from there. Obviously, first model from a, a new brand. Hmm. I'm a little bit too risk averse for that, but it looks more real than a lot of promised EVs right at the minute. So, um, so yes, yeah. <laughs> right, do you want to take us to our lunchtime read? Yes, Samaritz in the Please. ice. Let's go. Yes, <laughs> on many levels. As long as somebody else is paying, that would be just wonderful. Uh, so, of course, Samaritz in Switzerland, up in the Alps. Well, on the last weekend in February, they hold the international concours. Uh, well, concours of elegance or concours d'elegance or simply the ice, which makes a lot of sense given that Samaritz is, is famous for for its uh, for the Lake of Samaritz and the the fact that, that, that you can drive and you can ice race on top of the lake. So the idea is to show off all the cars and to be able to, to sort of show them, show them off driving as well on, on top of the lake, which is which is kind of cool. I think just it's worth going, have a look at the article on, on Haggerty because the photography is fantastic. And because it is yeah. all on this, uh, on the ice and on the snow, you, it's very difficult to date when the photos were taken, to be honest. <laughs> it really is because there aren't all of the sort of references that you look at and they're, they're, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Really cool. It looks, looks quite wonderful. Yes. Oh, look, there's that Corniche that was in the Perry Dakar in the, in, yeah. in the early eighties. That, that's that's not very cool. The, yes. the photography is ace in this article. Mm, yeah, you, you're as much looking at this for the photography as you are for the for the words. Yep. So yeah, well worth that. Good one. 
So I'll stick with Haggerty for the list of the week and the 11 forgotten hot hatches of the 80s. So if you can think of a hot hatch that isn't in this list, do write to Richard Hesseltine and let him know. Or failing that, Anthony... Uh, Just leave it in the comments at the bottom. They're loving it when people are doing that, okay? <laughs> yes, they're really enjoying all that. So much so they've promised never to include the Aeris GRMN in anything they ever do as a result of my of, of my silliness. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Alan. Um, out of these eleven, Ooh. is there one mm-hmm. that leaps out to you that you think, yes, please? Oh, yes, yes, there is. Okay, uh, I am a sucker for the Daihatsu Shirad GTTI. Excellent choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Practically none exist because they all got. Well, the autocar long-term got written off. Not that they've had it for a very long time. Well, that would be an incredibly long-term one. Uh, or they've all succumbed to rust, sadly. Um, yeah. or, or turned into rally cars. But ridiculous, turbocharged, tiny engine. Uh, what about, uh, how many are there? There's only 11. Are you going to choose one or not? Oh, well, yes, I will pick one. And amazingly, I'm the one who's going to pick the Toyota. The Corolla GTI 16. There mm. was... A friend in school's mum had one, and it was in black, and they'd actually put some spots on it as well because they lived in the countryside. Oh, and that's quite cool. It was pretty special. There was a couple of times that, and she could she could drive as well, quite mm-hmm. quite handily. And I got a couple of trips, and it was like, yeah, that's that made a lasting impression on a young me. <laughs> I, I, I know someone who fitted a. Since he did a Project Binky, if it did a 3S GTE in the front of it. I don't think it was four-wheel drive from memory. But yeah, they fitted a 3S GTE in the front of it. So the the two-litre turbo block out of the DMR2 turbo. When it was going in a straight line, it was okay, but it didn't really seem to like that too much. (laughs) Good, Good list, that one. Yeah. And finally this week, then, is one that that you found. Uh, I'd missed this one completely. And it's it's on the Goodwood Road and Racing, and it's the Toggy Battle from uh, what what's the name of the channel? Best Motoring. So it's Japanese one with uh, with subtitles, and it's Hot Version twenty twenty one. And they are doing so. A Toggy Battle is like it's like Initial D. So they're racing two cars down a, well, in this case, a closed road, down a closed piece of track. Uh, downhill which is just like a, a, a country country road uh, downhill for, for 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 time and in this one it is a spoon a, a spoon n1 so that's a tuned honda n1 sort of little tall thing did we talk about a a we tuned up one of those on the uh, special edition recently we did yes there was one that was for hill climb so it was for going up the hill but this is actually meant to be a this is actually a road version and then also the Honda S660, which has been tuned by someone else. Uh, I have now lost my note of where it is. The Modulo X. And that, that's just, by the way, this video is to prove that other people than the at the also drive 
yeah, 660s on the yes, not, not in not in Europe though. Uh, no, so <laughs> that so, is contractually obliged. Similarly, the, similar to the N1 because he was driving around driving around uh, driving around the US and the N1 the other week. It's great. It's twenty three minutes or something long. You can skip forward five minutes if you don't want to watch two men in racing suits uh, compare notes off clipboards. Uh, but it's it's just really good and it's got subtitles and it's it's kind of it's kind of fun. Yep. Especially ties in really nicely with uh, Gran Turismo Seven as well. Yes, it does actually. I, I hadn't thought of that, but maybe that's maybe that's what it was. So, subconsciously, mm, something like that. Parish notes uh, this week. Uh, there was a Zoom Zoomers recorded last night. We actually managed to get it to record and publish as well. There were only a few of us, and we had a bit of a chat about how wonderful the one that everybody missed was, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and a bit of a yak about some other stuff. Uh, some interesting insight into the supply chain issues in motoring uh, because of the Ukraine, uh, as well as me waffling about stuff too. And of course, Craig's full of full of motorsport. Just awesome fount of knowledge on that kind of stuff. Other thing to mention very quickly is Mission Motorsport, of course, 10 years old uh, last week, started last week. And uh, the folks at Bad Obsession Motorsport uh, have put together a little video uh, celebrating that and telling a little bit of the story. So that's well worth a watch. There'll be a link in the show notes. It's on their BOM TV channel, their second channel. So not the same one. If you subscribe to the one that, that Binky's on, it's not that one it's the other one which has sort of sort of other similar videos maybe talks about historics and all that kind of stuff uh, which is well worth subscribing to as well but of course mission motorsport uh congratulations to everyone there uh on on 10 years that's a great charity doing a lot of darn good work for people yes uh that's us for the week so uh don't forget everyone that between now and next week you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts on the show at motoring podcast on twitter and instagram on facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com the hub of all our activities oh that was a bit excitable sounding uh remember you can support us financially via patreon and please leave a review or rating on apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing andrew what's the best way to get in touch with you best way to get in touch with me is via twitter if you search for crap windscreen you'll find me there and Alan, if people would like to get in touch with you personally, what is the best way for them to do that? Twitter, as ever, where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y for you spelling obsessives. Uh, we'll be back very soon, but until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring. <laughs>